Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Dave Miller. Dave, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Thanks for being a guest on the show today. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man, absolutely. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So what is the name of your gym and where are you guys located at? Yeah, uh, Performance 360 Health and Fitness Club. We are located in Ontario, Canada. Okay, got it, man. And uh, how long have you guys been in business? Uh, we are now in our 28th year. Um, I've owned and operated it for the last 19. Okay, all right. So 28 years, man, that's, so yeah. you guys have a, all right, so you guys are kind of uh, definitely an OG in the industry then for being around. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. I've been around a long time, pretty deeply rooted in our community. Awesome, man. So you've been the owner for 19 years. So kind of um, yeah. walk me through that. So how, how did that happen for, for you to become the owner of that? <laughs> Completely by chance, to be honest with you. Um, I graduated high school. Um, I took a year off uh, prior to going to university. Um, had been, you know, weighing kind of what my options were. And it was a little bit of right place, right time. I'd always had, you know, an interest in, you know, in the health and fitness industry and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, so I got uh, that during that year that I'd taken off, I got hired uh, by our health club. And just kind of so happened that, you know, within the first week of me being hired that uh, they had to get rid of their current manager. Um, so I kind of saw over the course of, you know, the next few months started getting coursed up, got certified as a personal trainer. I started taking a ton of sales courses, uh, management leadership courses and whatnot. And it just so happened then that the uh, two guys that owned it at the time had approached me uh, probably about six months later and said, hey, you know, we've kind of been watching your growth, seeing what you're doing. Uh, you're really heavily invested in our club um, and doing a lot of good things. We know you're young, but we want to give you an opportunity, right? Would you, you know, what are your thoughts on managing the club, but also taking over and becoming our partner with it? Um, so yeah, took, uh, you know, everything that I kind of had thought, you know, the traditional education method that I, you know, had fully planned on going kind of went out the window and, you yeah. know, I quickly tapped into my entrepreneurial side and, and got involved in the fitness industry a lot more heavily than at that point. Dang, man. Okay. So, so that was six months in, right. That all that happened. Yeah. 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 So what did my question is, what did the other employees think? So it's like, you have this new guy that comes <laughs> on and then it's like, the guy, 100%. your guy's manager, like slash owner. Yeah. So there was, uh, one of my best friends, uh, at the time he, uh, you know, we had met work in there or whatever. And he had always kind of thought like that was going to be an opportunity that was presented to him. And he was kind of, you know, passed by on it. Um, after that, you know, there was definitely some employees that had been there for, you know, eight, nine years. Um, there was definitely some sour grapes kind of yeah, about yeah. the whole thing for sure. But I knew for myself that that was going to be a short-term thing, right? I knew it was going to take time for me to establish myself, to build credibility. Yeah. And I knew the people that I was working with weren't going to be, you know, my long-term, you know, staff, right? You know, that uh, knowing the yeah. industry, knowing that people kind of come and go. Um, so, yeah, there was, you know, definitely took some time to build that trust and, and whatnot with people. Because to be honest with you, like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about anything at that point in time, really, right? right? And yeah. still so much to learn but all i could do was kind of just show that you know that human side of me that hey i'm willing to be by your side make mistakes 
and you know continue to grow and learn so yeah absolutely man the awesome story so kind of let me um let us in on a little bit about your facility so um what's the what's the square footage and like what services do you guys offer right now yeah so now we're uh, we're an 18,000 square foot facility now um 3,000 square feet of that is uh designated to a chiropractic clinic with naturopathic doctor osteopath uh, three massage therapists, there's three chiros there, right? And they're a separate entity, but they're very much a part of our, our operations, our business, yeah. our building. Um, our club itself is uh, 15,000 square feet, um, full service club, like when it comes to uh, top of the line equipment, cardio, strength training, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've got a 2000 square foot group exercise studio. We've got a small group training area, right? We've got an athletic turf area. Uh, we, you know, I think we've got a team of, um, 11 personal trainers that we have, uh, you know, some part-time, some not in that, but we're also really, uh, kind of tied into the medical community. Yeah. Um, we've got, uh, we offer space up in our facility for a, um, a community health center that offers cardiac rehabilitation. So anybody who's gone through a cardiac event, whether it be heart attack or otherwise, right. They come to us for their rehabilitation for that. Uh, we just opened up and launched our own uh, physiotherapy clinic within our facility as well now. So nice, lots man. on the go, lots on the go for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, just curious. So like, let's say um, a new member comes in. So yep. do you guys have like, like what's your onboarding process for them? Like, is, is it the same for everyone or you just kind of go off what uh, they tell you? Well, a little bit different. So we, every, every single new member with us gets an in-depth. It's about a 90 minute fitness assessment that they get. Uh, we use a, a machine, it's called a Stike you. Uh It's a 3D body scanner, right? So we do that, but we kind of, so our whole entire principle when somebody comes in and starts with us is we do um, goal setting with them, right? You know, establishing what their goals are, the reasons why they're wanting to achieve their goals. Like we just, we go a lot further in depth than just, hey, you know, Ryan, what's your fitness goal? Oh, you want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. Like we really try to dive into the why and really what's making this person tick with why they're wanting to do it. Uh, right. We do their 3D scan. Right. So that, you know, with the 3D scan creates a 3D image of the person, takes all their body measurements, body composition, um, establishes any health risks that they may have as well, uh, based on cardio, respiratory, uh, cancer and other diseases. Right. So kind of based on their body composition and their waist circumference. Yeah. Uh, from there, we do a review of any injuries that they have past or present. Uh, we do functional movement screening with them. So establishing, you know, person's mobility, stability, range of motion doing some various uh, functional movement testing with them. And then from there, we establish kind of what is the game plan? Like, how are we going to go about achieving, you know, the goals with the person? And we really make it, you know, we're kind of done with those um, hard sales, hard knocks days, right? Where it's, right. you know, you're really forcing the sales. Like we really, we lay everything out kind of like an a la carte menu for the person, right? You know, you can mm -hmm. go by yourself. Uh, you can do this on your own. You can work with a personal trainer. We can get involved in group exercise classes and kind of put it back on that person to say, right now where you stand, like, what are you feeling is best for you? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and by that point in time, you know, a lot of people have come to the conclusion that, yeah, I need to start working one-on-one -on -one with a personal trainer. Right. right. You know, and, and we kind of liken it sometimes with people to like skiing. If somebody's never skied, we're not going to take you to the top of like a double black diamond <laughs> ski hill throw yeah. on these skis and push you down because you're going to fall. You're going to get injured. You're going to have setbacks. And when we really tap into that person's why, the reason why it is that they're wanting to get healthier on whatever level it may be, you know, really reminding them that it, it takes time and that this is 
you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and it's, it's going to take time and education and we want to be there to support them all the way through that process. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, that, that's a good point. And I love, I love how the, how in-depth it is as well. You know, the, the process you guys take them through. So how many, how many people do the, um, do that when they come in? Does everyone do it or do they have to schedule it out? Yeah, they have to schedule it out. But I can say about 80, 85% of our new people do get into it because I, I mean, even, you know, the, uh, the more advanced crowd that comes in or, you know, people with lifting experience or could be bodybuilders. I mean, at the very base level, like we show them the 3d scan because, yeah. you know, people love to see that. Cause you're not only seeing like, if you're losing weight, losing inches, right. You're seeing the body change. Like if somebody's gaining muscle, you know, putting on the shoulders, their arms, their legs, right. It's a great way for people to see it and, you know, to at least experience what it is that we have. So we allow 90, excuse me, we allow 90 minutes for the entire process. Mm-hmm. So it's not rushed. So some, so people feel like they can get everything out. They can talk. Some people are 30 minutes in and out of there, right? Like we kind of gauge what that yeah, person's yeah. looking for and talk to them. And if, you know, if we know right out the gate that this person's just, Hey, I just want to get this part done. We don't force it on them. Right. They know what, they know what services we now offer. Mm-hmm. They know how to find us. They know that it's there for them for subsequent follow-up and that they can, you know, that they can do that again in the future. Right. So for sure. We just want to create that positive experience for people, no matter what it is. Yeah. And I think the 3d scanner is a really good incentive for them to, to go to the, the meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you absolutely. guys charge um, other than the first time? So depending on their membership level that they have, if they've got our um, all access, so we have a, our memberships are called 360 access, all access and all access plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you go to the all access, you get four of them per year. So we do them quarterly with people. Okay. Um, okay. Follow them up. If person only has one, they do have the opportunity to, to purchase separate uh, 3d scans afterwards. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So it gets everybody integrated and at least to know what that is. So it gives them an option, you know, to, to do the, the next membership level. Cause yeah, 100%. I mean, if they didn't know you had it, they wouldn't know what the hell it was. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And a lot of our marketing that we do too, Ryan is um, geared towards, you know, that higher level education uh, that we provide with people, letting them know the services. So we're already trying to work through and finding the right people to come to us that are looking for those extended services right out the gate, you know, rather than that um, basic gym model, right. Where people just go in and, you know, there's no, you know, they don't know your name. You're just a number. And there's like the no, service people come to us already knowing that there's a lot of inclusive services with their membership for sure now have you guys always been that way or did you make a shift somewhere down the road there has been shifts you know there's constantly uh, learning adapting and yeah. you know how how can we improve right it, you know we really try to be innovative in a sense and following what the gym industry is doing um what people are wanting but there's definitely been a shift in our process you know i know at the start of uh covid um, when there's so much fear from people, right? Like when, when COVID first hit and gyms were getting closed down, I mean, the cancellations were piling in because nobody knew, you know, you, they didn't know yeah, what, yeah. what the future looked like. And we decided at that point in time, you know, we made a very bold decision. We canceled every single person's membership within our club. Uh, we invited them back to join. We increased our price. We privatized our club. We put a capped membership on it, right? So we got out of that model of needing, you know, thousands of members to come in uh, yeah. to putting a cap on the membership, right? And really promoting like we're going to be cleaner. There's going to be more space. 
you're going to be able to safely socially distance. Um, but also, you know, going for a different clientele, right? Rather than fighting the market for the 80% that everybody wants, we start, decided let's go after the 20% that might want something different. Yeah, man. So that, yeah, that's pretty bold uh, to cancel everyone's membership. Um, yeah, it I was. It. Uh, I get it though. I get it. Yeah, it was. It was a big. It was a big leap of faith to have to take to uh, to go through that for sure. Yeah, and how many memberships did you cancel, roughly? Oh, at that time, probably close to fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred. Yeah. And how many did you bring back? Like what the uh, new way? Yeah, right now we're probably sitting around four hundred right now. Okay. Right. But so it's different though, right? Like it's different. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent different. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and, and, and you know, and I find too, when you, uh, the people who are paying more, they, they really tend to treat the club like it's their own, right? They, they, they take better care of it, right? Like they're cleaning they're, you know, it, in essence, it makes our staff able to focus more on the service end side of things, right? Rather than having to run around, you know, 1400 members constantly trying to, to deal with things, right? Like our staff now have time to sit back and work on operations a little bit differently, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. And that's a good point that you make there. And it's funny just how it is in the whole industry, you know, because you guys are up in Canada, you know, my gym's in Tennessee and it's the same way. The people that pay more take better care of the club and they're yep. usually your, your better people. Like, I think a lot of people get in the mindset like, oh, well, this person's paying, you know, four or 500 a month for, you know, gym membership services, whatever, you know, they're going to be a snob. They're going to be snooty. And it's like, no, they're usually your nicest people and they yeah, care they, the they most really about are. it. And we did find, um, you know, and not across the board, but some of the people who were only paying 30 bucks a month before were the ones that were the highest demanding that, you know, that wanted everything that, you know, and, and, you know, at that point in time, you feel like, you know, somebody says jump, I have to say how high because I have to be able to serve everybody. And now, you know, we've gone away from that and people really appreciate what it is that we have. And mm -hmm. even the attrition level, because you have people who are willing, if they're willing to pay 70, 90, $120 a month. And then if they're getting into personal training packages that are right. five, 600 bucks a month, they're a lot more invested into their health. They care a lot more. They're a lot less apt to cancel because they really value what it is that we're providing and doing for them. Yeah, exactly. That, and the key word you said there is value. Um, absolutely. And, you know, the people that are paying 30 a month or whatever, the ones that give you the most problems, I think a lot of times we, we make those problems so much bigger in our head because whatever those people have a great way of convincing you that they have all this pool, like <laughs> yes. you know, they're going to take everyone with them. But then it's yeah. like, the more you think about it, you know, you're like, damn, I could, I could replace four or five of these people with, with one, one really good client the yeah. new way. And I mean, everything's taken care of, like who gives a shit, <laughs> right? hundred percent. That's the exact way that we looked at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was your staff bought into this new way? Like, what was, was everyone kind of skittish or scared yeah, a little bit? Uh, there was definitely like a little bit like, really, Dave, like, what are you doing here? Right. Kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think that they know it's not, it's not their investment. Right. Yep. You know, it's protecting our own. Um, I've, we've got a really good relationship with our staff and I have a fantastic manager who was, uh, which was really important for me because she was on board with it right out the gate and really helped mm -hmm. me uh, design it. And then we, you know, we sat down and talked to our staff and really explained why, right? I mean, at this point in time, I think for a lot of people, there was a lot of fear of like, our gym's going to be able to reopen? Am I going to still have my job, right? You know, we really took the approach of like wanting to make sure that we were able to survive the whole 
pandemic, quote unquote pandemic, but yeah. you know, that, that they had somewhere secure to come back to, to work afterwards. Right. And it was really focused on, you know, how can we make this work for them in the, in the long term? And there was definitely some apprehension there, but I think as soon as we rolled into it and we started doing the things and, and the model wasn't perfect out the gate, we had to adapt. We had to see what was working, what wasn't working, what people were valuing. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly, cause we threw all these other inclusions in with the membership, right? Like hydro massage beds, you know, towel service, meal plans, you know, pre-designed workout plans. And we were finding afterwards, we were like, that's not what people really want. Like a few mm-hmm. people do. People are more invested in the cap membership, the, you know, the private club aspect, right? So unless you're a member or a guest of a member, you're not coming in. Like, I don't care. You're not coming in for a $25 day pass if you're not potentially going to become a member, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's not our business model. Yeah. Um, and people now, I think it's just, you know, as we've adapted to it, right, finding out what it is that people are really valuing and wanting, and we adapted to those needs and made changes early on, yeah. to be sure to kind of go down the right path. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is, you know, the model is, it's one that, you know, I think a lot of people want, you know, especially, you know, big box owners, it's one you talk about, it's when you talk about with your staff, like, this would be so nice to do. And then it's like, when you do it, everyone's kind of like, uh, what? Yeah. Really? Like we were just kind of kidding. Like, no, like we're serious. Like you want it. Here it is. Yeah. And for sure. um, after you rip the bandaid off, it seemed like everything's so much smoother, you know, and, you know, working the kinks out, it seems, I mean, everything works out better. Makes you wish you would have done it before. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The nice, uh, we, you know, I'll be, be honest with you. Like I, I got called a lot of nasty things from a lot of our members when we first did this. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Um, at the same time, wasn't overly surprised. I'm like, oh, I guess they're just upset and they don't like it. Um, had I done it before, I don't think it would have flown as well, right? I think having, you know, the COVID opportunity yeah. made people go, I don't like it, but I understand it. I know why right. they're doing what they're doing, right? It, uh, it made it made it a little bit easier to make that adjustment. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it was, it was a good time in the industry for for people to do and make the changes they really wanted to make. Um, yeah. You know, if there's ever any excuse that you made, um, not that you were making an excuse there, but with, with any kind of changes, right? Like it's the best time to do it. Um, you know, it was an open opportunity, like, and usually like it, and it honestly came down to, we make these changes or we go out of business. So do you want your yep. gym or do you not? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, you have that hard, hard conversation with some people sometimes. And yep. again, like I said, people, some people didn't like it, but they, knew that they had to accept it yeah right yeah absolutely so looking uh kind of a different area now we'll we'll tackle um as far as like lead generation now what are you guys doing now um especially since it's different to get new people in the door yeah we're you know we're always constantly playing around with that i mean we run your internal referral programs right we've got a uh like a uh, 360 perks, it's called, it's a points, right? So people, you know, can accumulate points for various things at the gym, but one of them is, is through a referral program. Uh, but we've, we've got a strong social media presence. We do a lot of video, do a lot of stuff on Instagram, do a lot of stuff on Facebook, a lot of Facebook lives, um, a lot of IGTV stuff and a lot of organic contact content just to collect, you know, get the followers, uh, but then we introduced the the paid for stuff right on Facebook, not not talking like boosting your ad, but like actual legitimate paid for. Um, we've got some new stuff launching right now where it's uh, it's called fat loss forever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's not an, it's not an immediate sale, right? When people get on, you know, it's joiner fat loss forever series. And, you know, people are going to be able to collect information, collect tons of education, and they can take that information. They can take all this free content and they can run, they can go wherever they want with it, do whatever they want with it. Right. But our mm-hmm. whole purpose behind is to trying to establish trust, build credibility yeah. before we, you know, go in asking somebody to come and join us. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, th- Aside from that, I mean, we still do a little bit of radio stuff, uh, very minimal, just to, you know, keep our name out there. You got a road sign, but I do find marketing is, it's tough, especially when you're on social media to, you know, you're having to decide, you know, what's the radius that I'm putting this ad out to? What's the the demographic? What's the age range? You know, what keywords is it that people are searching for? And a lot of it's just, it's a guessing game. I find, man, it's, it's tough to you know, get exactly, you know, what it is that people are going to do. Uh, we've, we've done the landing pages, you know, the click funnels and all that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and getting people through, but at the same time, it's, you know, you have to get people. I've always said the, you know, sales in the fitness industry is completely different. Um, people don't hear an ad or see an ad and go, Hey, I'm going to join a gym today. Like the people that we're marketing to right now, our prospective clients four or five, six months from now, right? People might know now that they need to make a change, but you know, I often say like with people, people are very, get very uh, content in their lifestyle, right? Even if they've got these health problems, they don't get to the point where they have to get to the point where the pain of going through change is greater than the pain that they're currently living in, right? Exactly. exactly. So if somebody's happy being overweight and not having mobility issues, you know, and having maybe health issues, um, that's fine until it gets to a point. Cause I know people know the change is painful. I got to start exercising. That's going to hurt. Yeah. I have to change my, the way in which I eat. That's yeah. going to be painful to, to do those things. I might have to change friendships or relationships. That's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, getting to people now. And then, you know, so what every, you know, I've always said all the marketing we're doing today is for that client. That's going to come in four or five months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with things, you know, since, you know, COVID has kind of changed it a little bit like you can't like open the floodgates, so to speak now. And you guys aren't even set up for that anymore. So the people right. that come in, like you're looking for, like you said, you know, a few months down the road, but these are people that you're looking like you're looking to hold on to as well. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's a, and that's funny. You mentioned like about the ads, you know, sometimes it can be, it can be tough, especially like you might have a great ad. And then, you know, if you go to your landing page and people aren't converting from there, so, I mean, that's been a mistake that I've made before. I've, you know, had buttons in the wrong place and the headline might've, you know, it, the header might've been something stupid or it, it would just looked a little bit off, you know? So you're right. Like all of that is, it's real technical, but um, you know, it's definitely better than boosting um, a post. I can tell you that. It <laughs> is for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it, but it's when you do it and you think that you've like, I've put together some ads, man, that I've been so pumped up and excited for. And yeah. then nobody it's crickets and I'm banging my head off a wall going like, where in the hell did I go wrong at here? Right? Like yeah. where, where'd I miss the mark? Right. You just, you got to look at it and go, maybe it wasn't the right time. Is it the ad? Am I making mistakes here? Right. You know, and when you're an independent owner, you don't have that luxury of, you know, big box, you know, millions of marketing dollars. Right. So you got to, you got to learn quickly from your mistakes and try to adjust a little bit more quickly as well. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a good point for sure. So we are, we're running out of time on the actual podcast here. Um, so just curious, like one thing I always ask everyone at the end, like what does growth look like for you guys? Like let's say a year from now, where, where would you want to be at? 
assuming restrictions are out the window. <laughs> assuming, God, man, we got new restrictions coming into play this Wednesday. Still, so. well, let's say realistically, uh, then where do you want to be? Yeah, realistically, I mean, we want to get to that point where you know, I'm going to say like 70% of our overall clientele are higher end personal training clients, right? Right. Um, spending, you know, the ones that are he more heavily invested in their health and their wellness. Um, as far as, you know, I think we're still adapting to what the industry needs are right now and, and how things are changing. We're, you know, we're going through, um, you know, it's mandated now that you have to be vaccinated to access a health club. And that's one thing, I guess, you know, from where we're at, I'm really pushing and advocating that fitness needs to be recognized as an essential service, um, that people, you know, have the right to build their immune, their immunity on their own terms. People have the right to, you know, fitness for their own personal, emotional, mental health needs. You know, it's funny how many people need it for those things. And yeah. what, you know, when we went through lockdowns, um, that people that drastically miss those services that really need them. Right. So from a growth perspective, yeah, we definitely want to get more into the personal training, tap into those higher end clients, um, and people who need that, but we're really pushing for change to be recognized in the industry that fitness is an essential service yeah. and that, you know, that people have that right to not be kind of stripped away from them. Yeah. I love it, man. I, and I'm definitely on board with you there too. So, um, yeah. Awesome podcast today, Dave. Uh, I appreciate everything. It was nice to get your perspective and especially someone that's been in the business as long as you. So um, yeah, it was a fun time, man. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. And for our guests out there, if you found value from this podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest until next time, gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Unabated CrossFit in Woodstock, Ontario. Eric Davidson, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on here today, sir. Looking forward to making this episode a great pre-podcast chat. Let's hop into it. Tell us all about you and Unabated. Sure. Um, uh, as you said, we're located in Woodstock, Ontario, um, small town, about 40 or 50,000 people. Um, <clears throat> I've owned the business for just a little over four years now. Um, we have your regular CrossFit classes. We offer open gym times. Um, we have a, an extra office space that we had uh, for one time uh, a chiropractor working out of there. Now we have a um, fascial stretch therapy practitioner works out of there. Offer also, also offers massages as well. And then we have another, um, well, it's actually the same individual, also offers more of a functional fitness class that, you know, 
we don't call it CrossFit. It's very similar, but uh, we just don't call it CrossFit. Okay. So a few different offerings going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in the business uh, as an owner for about four years. Um, similar to uh, a lot of a lot of stories with CrossFit owners, you got in, you were a CrossFit um, practitioner, you get certified, and then through any, any number of uh, circumstances, get the opportunity to become an owner. In your case, it was um, taking over an existing gym uh, that you were a member at. So you, you knew the existing clientele, you knew what the community was like. And once the opportunity presented itself, you said, heck yeah, let's dive into this thing. I'm ready to, to be at the helm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, just had the opportunity where the previous owner more or less had just lost the passion, lost the drive to continue to run the business, to stimulate the, the membership. It had dwindled down to about 25 or maybe 30 members. Um, and it, it obviously needed some change and that was the opportunity for us. Um, and on top of that sort of lack of passion on the owner's side, the name within the town had got a really bad rap. You know, that, that name associated with that gym was fairly negative at that point. Um, so when we did purchase the, um, essentially purchased the business, really just purchased the equipment because then we completely rebranded. We um, dropped the old name, reaffiliated with CrossFit into a new name um, and, and created a whole new brand, basically. Awesome. So you knew from your experience there, we all get in a gym and we all, all say things like, oh, if this were mine, I would do this differently. And um, you know, it doesn't mean that someone's doing it wrong, but we all want to put our own little stamp on it. So you came in with the goal of, you know, building the community, fostering uh, relationships, wanting to grow uh, just based on experience, word of mouth marketing, referrals, um, and attacking retention in a way that you could grow just organically to the size that you needed the gym to be. So, mm-hmm. um, I think you got, you got to a pretty good space around 80 or so members. And then that little COVID thing happened and um, we won't talk politics, but Ontario was definitely one of the, the most, uh, most affected by closures, shutdowns, restrictions, all that stuff. But now um, post the majority of those things. And I know, you know, we, we could be staring down another one, but uh, but you're back up to where you were up near that, that peak of 80 ish, maybe a little more clients. Yep. And again, solely on um, getting people in with experience, word of mouth, referrals, and keeping them in with the focus on retention that's just been, been your yep. driving force. So give us a little bit about how you, how you realized how important that was and what things you've put into place to really hit on experience leading to retention. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we do go back to when COVID first hit, as you said, we had grown up to about 80 um, members, you know, consistent monthly members. When that first lockdown hit, as we were coming out, there was a group of about um, 15 or 20 of the membership that uh, another couple who were members opened another gym um, right here in town. They decided, you know, similar to, 
uh, as we've talked about, you know, they can do it better. And so they, they open another gym. What I hadn't been able to see up to that point was I was very quickly becoming that same owner that I purchased the business from where, um, I, I definitely wouldn't say I was losing interest, but there was a culture and this is actually something that one of my members you know brought to light for me there was a culture at the gym that i wasn't fostering that was positive there there was this general negativity and as i look back on it now um the best thing that ever happened for us was that group of people excuse me um getting up and stepping away uh again, without getting into specifics, it was a very um, negative drama ridden group of people that were not truly there to do fitness. They were, they were there to, you know, have, have a social outlet that was not always positive. It, It had some negativity around it. And when that happened, as I said, a member sort of brought it to me, another business owner in town and said, you know, Eric, this is a really good opportunity for you to redefine your culture within the space, redefine what um, unabated CrossFit is and what it offers its membership. And I really ran with that. That was something that I really took to heart and have based the entire sort of business model, if you want to say it that way, around um, kind of coming out of COVID was I want truly the atmosphere within the space to be something that people know recognize it's tangible it's palpable that they want to tell others about and so in the last four years um or let's even cut it down into this same timeline we're talking about since COVID has dropped um has has opened back up and we've been able to run i haven't spent a cent on marketing uh, on traditional marketing you know advertising in any way shape or form whether that's google facebook or instagram And instead, we have just done um, essentially word of mouth. You know, our our growth has come from people talking about what they receive as a membership uh, and as members with us. And I think that's been really important because uh, back to your sort of question, um, retention to me is one of the most important things that we can strive for in the gym industry. Um, some gyms don't have that model. Some gyms model is get them in the door, get the dollars out of their hands. And if they don't come back, who cares? Cause we already got the dollars out of their hands. That's not been my approach to this. In, instead, when somebody shows up, I want them to show up the next day and I want them to show up the day after that. And I just want them to keep coming back uh, day after day after day. Awesome. So one of the things that I like to layer onto this and, and see a lot of gym owners doing is they're focused on experience, focused on community. All of that has moved the needle so far, especially in a, an environment like yours, like you're not typical CrossFit, you're small classes you know, capping it around seven, you're essentially semi-private, small mm-hmm. group training, yeah. uh, which probably harkens back a lot to the old, you know, Glassman days. And when, you know, he probably never envisioned 20, 30 person uh, CrossFit classes. No. So that if you, if you do really well, it's noticeable. If you miss anything, it's magnified. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all of that focus. 
is there anything structured in place? Do you have, um, for lack of a better word, a choreographed process for even honing in further on retention, whether it's touch points, emails, cards, phone calls, texts, things that you do at certain points in a member's um, client life cycle, or is it all just because it's so hands-on, because it's so small, just being in people's lives? Yeah, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> directly, no, we don't have any form of like constant communication electronically, if we want to look at it that way, um, where we're trying to, you know, keep the attention of the individual. It, again, the focus has been on the experience directly. So personally, one of the biggest things that um, I put a lot of time and effort into is my programming. So what we offer people on a daily basis as their outlet to fitness. And as you know, with the CrossFit model, <clears throat> we're very focused on progress and measurable performance and measurable performance within the fitness industry can be many, many things. It could be size of your bicep. Did it grow? It could be, did you lose weight? Did the scale go down? Right. When you step on the scale, did that drop? It could also be, you know, um, how fast can I run five kilometers before I came to the gym? It took me 45 minutes to run five kilometers. Now I can run it in 32 minutes, right? That's all measurable progress. And <clears throat> Again, sort of back specifically to the CrossFit model, we tend to focus more on that last one, which would be time to completion of some task, right? And that task could be like, you know, if your um, washer and dryer is on the bottom level of your house, but your bedroom's on the top level of your house, how long does it take you to go from the top flight of stairs with your laundry basket to the bottom to put it in the, in the um, washing machine, right? Like that is a measurable level of performance. If before you started going to the gym, it took you two minutes to get up and down those stairs because you were winded, but now you can go up and down the stairs in like a minute and a half. Well, that, that is truly measurable increases on your performance and your fitness level. That's always been my goal um, is trying to deliver that and have that be the thing that keeps people coming back. So constantly, when you see those people in class trying to reiterate to them that level of progress. So somebody shows and signs up and the first week you see them twice a week. And, you know, the second time they come in, they're like, I'm so sorry. It was so hard for me to get here today. It's like, Hey, but you won. Cause you got in the door. Like you're already here. You've already won just by showing up. But then you notice the next week they came three times instead of two times. So making sure you draw attention to that, like, whoa, slow down, you're doing three, you know, like uh, starting to get the hang of this and, and just trying to show people that they are receiving progress, right? Or for a client that's been there for a long time, you know, you, you know that when they started, they could barely lift a barbell, an empty barbell over their head. And then today they do a very similar workout where they have put 25s on the bar, you know, so, so now it's not an empty bar, there's weight added to it drawing attention to that saying, wow, look how far you've come. I remember when you could only do the empty barbell. And, and that is something that we do a lot of. And as you sort of pointed out, we keep our class sizes to seven. Um, prior to the pandemic, it was 10 in a class. We'll probably never go back to 10. We'll probably remain with seven simply because I've, I've realized that 
our ability to deliver um, the experience that people are paying for is so much better now. You know, we can deliver a higher quality of service to people that, as you pointed out, you know, if there's 20 or 30 people in a class, which, you know, I worked in, I worked in a CrossFit gym like that. I coached in one and you don't really feel like a coach anymore. You're your babysitter. You're really just running around triaging the greatest chance of injury, but not actually being able to, you know, positively connect with every individual in the classroom, especially in an hour, you know, that you have to work with them. Yeah. I love that awareness and the realization that in your model, um, you know, where technology is great, it's good to leverage electronic communication. There's a lot of different things that you can do, but when you have a membership base, that's, you know, under a hundred people and you're only seeing seven at once, if you don't have a personal relationship with almost everybody, like you're not really banking on what makes you different from a lot of the other facilities. So mm-hmm. we don't have a whole lot of time left sure. and, and that's fine. Um, I'm glad we spent a lot of time on that topic. But the other thing that I wanted to hit that I think more gyms are adapting uh, to is realizing that utilization is important, right? You pay your overhead 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, maybe a day extra on a leap year. Um, and none of that cares how many classes you have or what you're doing. The bills are due when the bills are due. So you've added and changed things a little bit from the typical CrossFit model to take advantage of that and um, bring in some more revenue and you know take advantage of the overhead that you're paying. So can you talk us through a little bit of how you implemented that? Sure, yeah. Um... <clears throat> It's really only been in about the last um, three months or so since we came out of our last lockdown that to, you know, as you just explained, uh, trying to maximize those uptime in the hours. And so we essentially filled every hour of the day from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. with something, Um, whether that be a CrossFit class We also put in what we call barbell clubs, which is more of a less of that high intensity functional fitness workout, you know, a Metcon or a a WOD as it's popularly known in, and then switch it back to just more strength and technique building. So if, you know, if if you're like, I just really want to get in there and lift some heavy weights today, um, that is what that hour is sort of set aside for. The coach is still there. You're still being giving the instruction to do it. Um, but it's not going to be that, you know, go run a 5k and then come in and do hundred pull-ups. That, that's just not going to be what you're going to see in that, in that time. And then as well as open gym time. So just the space is open for you to come in, do your own thing. Um, as well as, as I said, we have, a. Uh, a fascial stretch therapist um, that rents one of the offices there. And she also runs a, a group class as well that to the untrained eye, if you sat back, you'd be like, well, she's just teaching them CrossFit stuff, it, it, but we can't call it that because CrossFit is too scary for some people. Um, you know, it's a barrier to entry that I think we are constantly specifically in the CrossFit space trying to overcome all the time. And, uh, so this is just one other way that we are offering something that is different. It, it is at the end of the day, it is a different thing, but also very similar to what we do. Our, our only other 
sort of different style program that we offer that is very, um, uh, very successful and has been for us is what we call our couch to CrossFit program, which is essentially just an, an on-ramping. We literally take you from the ground up. It's an eight week program twice a week. And, and, and you learn from how to do an air squat, you know, how to sit on a chair properly and stand up from that chair um, all the way up to the Olympic lifts, to doing a pull up to, you know, everything and anything you can think of that we would do in the space. Um, I guess it's only fair to say we also do some team training. So we take on a couple like hockey teams, kids hockey teams, or uh, we've had soccer teams in as well, things like that, that we try and fill out. But team training is fairly seasonal. Um, it's kind of, you have high points and low points. It's not something you can rely on throughout the whole year. All right, man. So, I mean, you really took the ball and ran with it, so to speak, is, you know, where typically we see the progress goes from a CrossFit gym who's got group classes and then it's closed when they don't have them. Maybe they do a little personal training to CrossFit gym. They'll say, well, uh, you know, my coach doesn't go home between our 10 a.m. class and noon. And then, you know, there's a couple hours till our 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. class. So we'll just put open gym on the schedule and, and hope people show up and maybe we'll charge for it or maybe it's just included but you really took an active role in let's fill this up with things that add value that we can't fulfill in our CrossFit classes that maybe not be our bread and butter, but we're going to try and see how we can continually add value to the members and get our utilization up. So kudos to you for, you know, for putting the work and the thought into that, because it's, it's a lot more than just saying, Oh yeah, sure guys, we got open gym. Uh, whenever there's not class, just come on in. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I should be clear, you know, uh, for, for anyone listening to this, I said, you know, we open at 6am and we close at, at 9pm. I'm not there five days a week from six to nine. Uh, I have brought on a, another individual and to the point you just made, we do offer personal training as well. And that was sort of, that was part of when that other individual came on to try and if we are going to offer, say, more open gym times, that, that really is a tough, that's a tough offering to capture a lot of dollars in. Because as you said, and, and this is what we do, it's just simply included in our membership. So when you pay your, your membership that allows you access to your CrossFit classes, you automatically get access to any of our open gym time. Now, we do offer just a strictly open gym you know, membership as well. If you don't want to come to classes, meaning you don't want any instruction at any time, but you want to just use the space, use the weights, do your thing. You can do that as well. But when I brought on that other individual, you know, he said, Hey, look, we'll add all these times, all these open gym times, but you should be out there chasing clients for personal training. And that's where we put our personal training times in and availability in is in those open gym times as well. So sometimes you might have four or five people doing an open gym, just you know, working on their own thing, as well as myself or one of the other coaches doing a personal training session at the same time. Yeah, definitely six, six to nine every day would be a quick route to burnout and Absolutely. that guy that you didn't want to. So again, uh, kudos to you for figuring out those different things and what you could fit. And, and I'm sure you didn't just snap your fingers and figure it out one day. There's a lot of trial and error there, but uh, we are running low on time here, sir. So sure. um, I do have one question for you, and this is more 
um, strategic or theoretical than tactical. Um, mm -hmm. You've been in the business now for about four years. Uh, you've seen some things that the pandemic hit, there's a lot, nobody could have predicted that. So sure. we, we give gym owners a pass there, but everything else that you've encountered, if there was one thing that you wish you knew or something you could tell your younger self before you actually took the leap and got in, what do you think would serve you the best? Um, you know, I really think it does come back to this shift that we've made in the last little bit, which is utilizing the time as well as possible, filling that, filling that space as much as you can. And I know it can be very scary and risky at the beginning, um, because that might mean you need to bring on assistance. And, and that can be very scary for people that are just starting out. You know, they've, maybe they've just rented a, a 1000 square foot studio and they're just going to personal train out of, but unless you're an absolute psychopath, you're only going to be doing that maybe eight hours a day. Like maybe you fill that space for eight hours a day. Well, there's at least another six to eight hours a day that somebody else could use that space. So trying to diversify the time, because as we've talked about a lot, you know, the overhead doesn't change. When you rent that space, you're not paying for the space by the hour. You're paying for it by the month or the year, right? Um, so if you can fill that space, you know, really making, um, you know, trying to get as many dollars out of the assets as you can, I think that's a very important thing that I wish I had sort of dove into a little bit sooner um, because I, I definitely didn't till after the, after COVID had hit and, now, I mean, from COVID ending to us getting back to our 80 members was, I mean, exponentially quicker than the first two years when we had 25 members when I purchased the equipment to when we hit that 80 people. It just took so, so much longer. Um, and I think this has been a really positive shift. And as you said, we're constantly tweaking and changing the recipe as best as we can. And I, I wish I would have found this one way sooner, I think. Yeah. If hindsight is always 2020. All right. That is officially all the time that we have here today, sir. Um, I appreciate you being here before we let you go. Last thing uh, for anybody out there listening, one, if any other owners, aspiring owners, anyone like that is listening and they want to reach out and just talk shop, are you open to that? Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Appreciate that. Now, for anybody that might want to check you out, reach out to you, check out the gym, any of that, give us your website, social media handles, all the places we can find you electronically. Yep. It's uh, unabatedcrossfit.com. If you go to the CrossFit website, click on the affiliates, you'll, you'll find us listed there or just type in unabatedcrossfit.com. You'll get to our website. Um, my email will be on there as well, contact information. So feel free to uh, reach out, ask any questions you like. Awesome, sir. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, share your story, talk about your business, your journey, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will get back to you ASAP and we'll get you on. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Gail Bolden. Gail, how's it going? Good, doing well. Yeah, thank you for coming out and being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into this. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Um, the name of my facility is American Muscle Corps. It's located at 545 Pawtucket Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. It's just a little north of the uh, center of Rhode Island, which is Providence. Okay. All right. Awesome. And how long have you been in business? I've been in business. I've been in, like, I like to say, brick and mortar for five years now. I've been in the industry for over 25. Okay. All right. I love it. So you're, so you're definitely not uh you're not new to the game then you're just, you're just yeah. new to the brick and mortar thing. Well, not new. Right. You're kind of an OG now with, with brick and mortar, because when you, when it's kind of like dog years in, in the gym industry, like the average gym is lasting three years. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're definitely over that now. Went over. I got over that hump. Yeah. And through COVID. <laughs> that, God, that's right. Yeah. Now 30, 30, um, 33% of gyms actually went out during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Across Mm -hmm. the U S. So, I mean, yeah, for you to still be here, that says a lot. Yep. I worked, I worked for it. No, I really did. I'm sure I can tell you look like that. I'd say you bust ass, you know, on a a regular (laughs) basis. I knew it. I knew it. I could tell. (laughs) So kind of tell me, so what, like you've been in the industry for 25 years. So what, what got you into that? And then what made you decide to, to finally open a gym after 25 years? But one of the things is like, I got into this business, uh, you know, like a lot of people, um, I was overweight, I was looking to, you know, get into better shape. So I started walking first. Now I'm going to show my age because ESPN was pretty new. And they used to have like fitness shows on there all the time. Uh, And I used to follow along at home on some of those fitness shows. From there, I went to my first gym, Uh, didn't really know what I was doing. So the first gym I went to, I ended up leaving, of course, continued to pay for it, but I left. And then I went to another gym where when I, as soon as I walked in the door, there was somebody that was like, look, we're going to show you how to use the equipment, what your program should look like uh, to to start with. If you have any questions, we're always going to be here for you. That's where I found my success. I followed the program that the um, personal trainer designed for me. And actually it wasn't even a personal trainer back then. It was just a, a worker. And I followed that program I started seeing results from there group exercise was really big back then so I got involved in group exercise 
I became very successful at it. I got certified as a personal, um, as a group exercise instructor. And I went uh, into teaching a ton of classes where people started coming up to me, asking me how I was doing it, what I was eating, you know, the, the whole thing that happens when you're, uh, you're starting to, you know, reap the benefits of fitness. And uh, it just snowballed into that. Next thing I know, I started personal training. I got my certification in personal training. And then the people started asking me to, to direct. So I started directing group exercise programs. From mm -hmm. directing group exercise programs, I started doing, being directors of health and wellness uh, at YMCAs and YWCAs. And the thing that I didn't like about being in that corporate aspect was the disregard to the person walking in the door. It, sometimes they would even say hello to you walking in the door. Yep. And two, they could care less if you knew how to use the equipment or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was one of the things that bothered me. And I tried to change that, but I just kept on getting like, you know, resistance to change. I, at the YMCA's, I brought in national certifications, even though they had their own certification process. I was bringing in national certifications so that they were, uh, the staff was more um, educated on what was happening now in the industry. And um, I just kept on getting backlash. You know, people, they just didn't think it was necessary. and. And then I was watching how trainers were being treated at box gyms. You yeah. go to a box gym and they're charging the person $360 a month, whatever, for five half, you know, half hour sessions that end up being 20 minutes. And the trainer gets $7, you know, or, or let's say $12 of that. Yeah, and, maybe. And I didn't like that. And they, when they tried to do that to me, I would always say, no, I'm absolutely not. You're not going to get my skills for that kind of money. You either pay me or I walk. So I did get paid. I can honestly say I did get paid because I put my, you know, put my education to work. But I ended up deciding that it was ridiculous that there's such a high uh, turnover rate for young personal trainers because of the fact these box gyms are just, you know, chewing them up and spitting them out and not really in uh, thinking about the trainer's uh, own goals and own aspirations in the field. So we've lost a lot of great trainers because they just couldn't make any money doing this. That's so, so that's true. What my gym is for. for the yeah, trainer. that's so true. And it, it's funny you bring that up because that, that's kind of how I got started too. Um, that was my first job in the industry was, you know, it's probably been it's been over 15 years ago now, um, you know, that I was, I was in that, you know, training at a box gym. And, and like you said, you know, you, I mean, you get treated like crap, like bottom that, you know, and the thing is like, you're, you're bringing like, well, you may not be able to resell your own person, right? Because like, you're doing all the work, but you have to take them over to the salesman that sees them, you know, only when it's time to renew. So even though you're doing the work, like you don't, you don't get any recognition for that, but um, you're right. I know, I know a lot of great trainers that, you know, actually work out at my gym or I, I see them out and about somewhere that they're like, they're working for the city or something like that. And they right. were, they were excellent, like really good, like a better trainer than I ever was, you know, and I don't care to admit mm -hmm. that. And yeah, um, the same way. They um, they don't do it anymore because, like you said, they couldn't make money, so they were having to take another job, you know, to supplement that, and it kind of turned into just a hobby. And then eventually, you just don't do it. Maybe, 
maybe someone hits you up on the side, like, Hey, can you write me a workout plan? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's sad to see that it really is. So I'm glad you're doing something about it, you know, in your area there. Yes. And, and that's the number one thing you hit the nail on the head where I'd rather be surrounded by a whole bunch of people that know more than I do than surround myself with a whole bunch of people that don't have any dedication or will to um, want to use the science um, yeah. behind behind fitness and exercise so yeah. uh, that's another thing i love being around like mine we have a blast in here mm -hmm. yeah and I, i'm just trying to imagine being in a setting like i just met you but i can tell that uh i can tell like you'll put your foot down yes so i'm just trying to imagine being in the setting where someone walks in you're standing there and you know like the member's not greeted like i'm just trying to imagine <laughs> your face. Yeah, that right there that's it I wish I wish they could see this because I could just see you know, looking at somebody like really, really, dude. Yes. So um, I'm curious. So what was it like for you? Because you like you built your name, like you got into this by teaching the classes and things like that. So what was it like for you teaching the classes and then right after that going straight into like directing and stuff like that? It was interesting because my first directing position was basically thrown at me. It was just like, you're the new director. Uh, there was, they were watching the fact that I had good numbers, um, mm -hmm. people liked me, and yeah. that's a plus. <laughs> so, uh, but, and I wasn't doing anything special. I was just really enjoying my myself, working out uh, and, and working with other people. It was like going to a party with a bunch of your friends, you know? And mm -hmm. the, the other part of it was I was able to teach people the information that I learned that you know through research or whatever to help them reach their goals and when it worked then of course they were like yeah go see Gail um so that's how it all started but the person who was the director before me was you know they they kind of got set in their ways and they weren't willing to um, adapt to the changes in the industry so I wasn't unaware of this but I walked in one day and they asked me if I want the position. I'm like, well, yeah, what happened to so-and-so? They're like, well, we're gonna let her go. And so I had thought this was already done and da, 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 da. And lo and behold, I go to the other gym that I'm working at and they're like, um, did you hear? I heard that you took over so-and-so's position. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. But um, that was my first experience of directing. I kind of like got thrown into the wolf pack and, had yeah. to you know sink or swim so i decided to swim and learn as much about you know business management as possible right and um i just it it, it worked i always mm -hmm. say that you are either uh, either you're you learn how to lead or you're a leader so uh, and i'm a, i was a little bit of both at the time i had to learn how to lead but at the same time i don't mind leading if i have to if i put get put into a a, a fire i'm gonna you know learn how to, to live through it. I'm not going to just like, oh, well, throw my hands up and say, I can't do this. I'm going to learn how to. So that's what I did. And it yeah. just kept growing from there, you know. I love it. So all those experiences, I'm sure that you've been able to bring into your gym today. Mm -hmm. So what, um, like, okay, so let's talk about American Muscle Corps. So what, uh, like, what's your model? Like, what is, um, like, what's the, what's the gym model? Is it open gym or training? Like, what do you guys have going on over there? The crazy thing about it, this was supposed to be my my first name was so stupid, but it, my first name was going to be called Training Depot, 
Okay. <laughs> As I was thinking about it, it's going to be like Home Depot, you know, all these professionals yeah, yeah, yeah. go in, they get their stuff yeah. and they leave, right? So okay. I was thinking about that. I really wanted to uh, make my gym a gym for personal trainers. Because as I said, that's my love. That's what I do. And I want it to be a place where personal trainers could come in. They had awesome equipment to use. No, none of that fancy crap, you know, uh, that's out there now. But just like the good basic exercise for like bench press, mm -hmm. squat racks, you know, leg extension, hamstring. We got things like that. But hat squats. We're yeah, really yeah. basic. hundred, you know, dumbbells, all that good stuff. And yeah. um, it was, it, I designed it based on the science. So what happened was, when trainers came in, they automatically fell in love with it. The crazy thing about it is like people started walking in off the street with them at my first location, because this is my second, I had to move. They people were walking working, you know, walking off the street, coming in, going, wow, this is a cool place. How much is a membership here? So that's how I ended up doing memberships. But okay. I think membership okay. was. So I'm not one of those people like here in Rhode Island, if you have a uh, gym or a health club and you're taking uh, yearly memberships, you have to come up with a with a bond. So you have to come up with either $10,000 and up in bond to cover in case you decide you're going to leave with everybody's money. Really? You know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, you do now. Yeah, you do. And so what I ended up doing, I do a month to month. So people can join for just a month. Um, I don't do year memberships. I do, I, we do electronic funds transfers. It's month to month still, so they can cancel anytime. There's no upfront costs. There's no, you know, three months later, there's a maintenance fee to cover whatever they cover and never repair the equipment. Uh, so I just kept it really basic. So that people who wanted to be here are here. Mm -hmm. If they didn't want to be here, they didn't have to be here. And this model, believe it or not, has been working wonders. People like the, the, the fact that they can walk in, they can work out, they're not you know, set into any contracts. Um, and I have so little turnover because of that. People, I'm sure. you know? Yeah. And I yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, um, so you do that. So as far as personal trainers go, how many, how many trainers do you have there right now? Right now I have around 10. Okay. I have anyone, everyone's either, like I have a young man right now, he's getting, he'll be a degree exercise physiologist in December. Uh, I have uh, a couple that have both their um, factors of science and exercise and they're, you know, um, NSCA certified or NSAM certified. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I have some fresh beat, you know, newbies. So I have a couple of new trainers who are either going for their certification. Oh, I have a couple of physical therapist um, assistants that work for me as well. Okay. So I, have, I got a good quality of uh, good background of people. And I have one guy who doesn't have certifications, but he's a, um, he's a bodybuilder and he's very successful at it and he knows what he's talking about. So he's here as well. And in Rhode Island, that's another thing. You do not have to have a certification to be a trainer in Rhode Island, which I think is kind of crazy, but, um, that's how it is here in Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if you want to rub somebody's back, you have to be licensed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that is crazy. Right. Like, yeah. You know, back, you gotta be, yeah. And most people would be more like most people would rub someone's back before they would, before they would try to train someone. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, 
Now, are these trainers, um, are they your employees or do you have them contracted out? I have them contracted out right now. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, like, the whole COVID experience um, made me see the importance of having an employee because the PPE and a lot of, like, I always consider myself a micro business. Yeah. Uh, something else that I didn't know is that small business uh, numbers and uh, uh, what uh, America deems a small business is 500 or less employees. Yeah, 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 yeah. 500? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a corporation to me. I, know. I have five and I go batshit crazy sometimes with that, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's, um, so I have all independent contractors, which makes, of course, tax season really easy because it's like, here you go, here's your 1099. But yeah. when it comes to things like getting loans and for your business, then it's a little tricky because now you've got to prove, you know, that this person, you gave money to this person or received money from this person is kind of, it's kind of crazy. So I have some people who rent from me mm -hmm. and then I have some people that I take a percentage of their income. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And the ones that you take a percentage of their income, um, do you guys receive the funds or do they just pay you out of what they collect? Um, I receive it and then okay. I pay. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Now with, okay, so now when it comes to clients, now do you help them get clients or feed them people or are they responsible for their own? Well, one of the things is like, they can do both. Like I, I, if they get people on their own, that's great. But a lot of times the, our website generates uh, or even sometimes social media generates a lead. That lead usually comes to me. I'll grab the lead and uh, I make every one of my trainers do the same thing. If they don't know how to do a consultation, then I do it for them. But I do both the consultation and then a fitness assessment. And then usually by that time, I kind of can figure out who would be their best bet to work with based on yeah. the styles and stuff like that. Um, I'll do that. But sometimes they bring in their own leads. Um, right now, I've generated probably about, uh, gosh, over a dozen leads from my trainers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like I said, but my biggest problem when it comes to training, I've had, I've had some doozies. <laughs> when it comes to trainers, uh, my, <laughs> uh, you know, I've had to kick out at least three trainers uh, because of their, you know, either their attitude or um, their actions. Um, stealing Not so much. Well, I had one guy stealing money. He was dishonest. I had one guy who was was um, inappropriately spotting, had inappropriate spotting techniques. now at his own gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and then I had another one that just didn't understand the concept of this is the way we do things here. This is the way you need to do things. And you're, and this is not your gym. So, so, yeah, right. so I had one of, so I had three that I had to, to um, basically get rid of, but the atmosphere totally changed then uh, what I did. Uh, and going back to what you're saying, like the trainers, um, the trainers that I have here now just understand the process. And so, and they're excited about being here. So sometimes, yeah, they'll generate a sale to come in, but in all times they, they, somebody might come in not knowing anything. And after a conversation with them, now they have a lead. So, yeah. you know, so yeah, that's yeah. So I just got to, before we move on, I got to go back like inappropriate spotting techniques. Like <laughs> how do you work? Like, how did you word that when you fired him? Was it just like, inappropriate 
spotting techniques or is it like dude like you're whatever to everybody <laughs> well the crazy thing about it, like it, it in fact there was one more i just realized it oh, one two three no there was three no there was four there was four <laughs> so um, <laughs> each three of them ended up getting ready to open their own facilities mm -hmm. which is fine i'm like I, i'm all for the person who's going to grow and move on i'm not here to keep you and keep you hostage at the at this gym yeah, yeah. If you're a personal trainer and you and you want to grow and do this on your own, then go for it. I know what the hustle's like, so you know, God bless you and God speed for goodness sakes. Um, yeah. And I was willing to help anybody who is is on this journey of of you know gym ownership. Mm -hmm. The guy that was doing the inappropriate touching, he was on his way out the door anyway. Yeah. And when I tell you, like I had to say something to him more than once. One time I, I was literally sitting at my desk and I'm looking out onto the, I'm looking in my camera system and now every, there's cameras everywhere now, people. We should know that by now. There's right. cameras everywhere, right? Yeah, right. Don't have a girl on the floor in her Victoria's Secret bra <laughs> because you want to get a better picture of her back. Right, right. Yeah. That's <laughs> but it was things like that. Like the first thing I saw was him straddling a, a young woman on a bench while doing a shoulder press. Um, <laughs> another one, he had the girl by her ankles behind her as she was doing a pull up. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my goodness. And then like trying to do, trying to do, attempt to do PNF stretching, like a, a hamstring um, stretch. Yeah on the inside of the girl instead of right. his shoulder on the outside of it yeah okay yeah i got it and now yeah. he's like he's up on 12 different charges i think <laughs> well no wonder good lord yeah uh-huh yeah it's a good thing he's out of there right out of your place right i i was so happy that that happened outside of my facility but i was still kind of like thrown into it because some of the situations that the young girls were talking about actually happened while he was inside of my facility. And uh -huh. so I got contacted by the press, I got contacted by the police department, and I told them, look, first of all, he was not an employee here. That was another good reason not to have employees. <laughs> so he was not an employee here, um, but um, um, I was still questioned and I was uh, interviewed for it. And that's a really uncomfortable feeling, even as a, as a female, you know, I've never had the experience of having that happen in a gym, but I have had the experience of having it happening in life. And nobody wants to feel that way. No one wants to feel like they're being violated in any way. And right. that that happened while in my facility just really, really made me, made me mad. You yeah. know, and I, I reached out to some of the girls and I talked to them. So, and I'm, and I'm and still in touch with them this day. Yeah. It's kind of like cringeworthy, right? Like you're just like, really you is. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's good that you reached out because, you know, and unfortunately what sucks is, you know, this is such a big thing right now and not, um, not that it's wrong or anything like that, but I mean, like, like you said, you got pulled into it. Right. And didn't even have anything to do with it except the guy was at your place. So um, yeah, but I'm glad that you, um, you know, I mean, you took action, right. And right. And done what you had to do to protect yourself. Right. And I yeah. do it. If, if I hear, if, and that's why I try to keep an open door policy here. If I hear yeah. anything, I tell people, please just let me know. And that way I can address it. If I don't know about it, I can't address it. But if yeah. you let me know about it, I can address it and take care of it. I don't put people in the middle of it. You know, 
I'll address it as uh, you know something that I saw, and so that it doesn't you know go light onto any anybody else, and just handle it, take care of it. Absolutely. So getting back to um, like your training members. So when like when new members join the gym, like let's say someone just wants to come in and join the gym um, just for your open gym. So yes. do you have any processes in place like to get them in front of a trainer? Is there any kind of assessment that everyone gets or anything? What happens when they first walk in the door, I always give them a tour of the place. Um, I let them know about, I actually introduce them to the trainers as they're coming as they're um, walking through, because there's usually like one or two trainers here at that time. And I will tell them, is it something that, uh, is it something that they're interested in? They do sign waivers of liability and form consent, which gives me all their addresses and all that good stuff. So then that goes into my computer system. So if we're having any type of programming or something like that, we'll like, we do free programming a lot. Like uh, we'll go to a park and offer a free group, you know, training class and get a lot of people in there. And then that usually generates leads as well. So, um, if, but we don't push personal training on people. Mm -hmm. um, that's the other thing that I think makes us a little different is that we don't push. We let the person make that decision by listening to us and letting them know that they're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what all do you do right now to get people in the door? I mean, I'm sure word of mouth is huge. Mm -hmm. Right yeah. now, like because I've been in the business for, for a long time, I uh, get a ton of referrals, uh, but a lot of times they're coming in, they want to be, be trained by me and I um, don't always have the availability. So that's right. when I have to kind of like get them into, I, what will happen is um, I'll usually do it this way. So once I've done the initial consultation, I will let, the, let a trainer know, like I have a, another female trainer, I'll say, Tara, um, can you be here at this time? Um, I'm going to be doing a consultation and I'd like to introduce you to the person as soon as the consultation is over. Then I start that relationship. It's all about relationship building. So I get that trainer to start a relationship, build a relationship with this person. And then they're like, yeah, I can do Tuesdays and Thursdays at this time. And that's how it, it, it gets generated. Um, and it's like I said, it, it works really well here. because when I, And I should say that I am like, walking distance to Planet Fitness and LA Fitness. So okay. I can step out my door and walk to either one of those clubs. And both of those places, well, um, except for Planet Fitness, um, but LA Fitness really pushes personal training on people mm -hmm. and tries to get them locked into contracts. When they come here, they don't have to, they don't get, get that push. They get to say, look, it's, we're here if you need us. Um, we'll be more than happy to generate a, a beginner's program for them, like a basics program. So that's something else that we'll do, do like a basic program for them so that when they come in, they at least know what they're doing and that we're here to answer any questions that they may have. That will sometimes lead to a training client as well. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So we are, we're now getting towards the end of our podcast. So mm -hmm. one thing I always like to ask people at the end, so in a year, like what, is, what does growth look like for you guys like over the next year? Right now, uh, like I said, COVID really made us take a step back, but then COVID also made us make a, you know, a step forward. And what I mean in that is like, we've got the COVID-19, we've got a ton of clients coming in the door looking to lose the weight that they gained during the quarantine. The pandemic. Uh, so we're yeah. very, very busy right now. 
But yeah. the, what, what growth looks like to me is like, I really want to expand and be just a little bit larger than I am. Uh, so I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be somewhere around 5,000 to 6,000 square feet. Uh, I have another uh, two years here at this location. And then I really would like to have my own space, whether it's if I buy a building or uh, what I really want to do is I'm just going to stay up, stop right there and say, I want to buy a building. There you go. So yeah. that's what I like yeah. to do. I like to buy a building and 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 continue to brand American Muscle Corps as a as a great place to train. But also, like I said, we deal with athletes too. We deal with um, knee replacements all the way up to professional athletes. I want to continue. Yeah. So, uh, so like where you guys are sitting right now, like how many more members could you take at, at your current location? Right now we have over, I said, I want to say we have over 300 members mm -hmm. and like right now there's nobody in the gym. So yeah. we, there's times where we're really like we're busy, but we're never too busy. Um, so I think that we could probably handle another good hundred uh, yeah. members yeah. Right, yeah. right around there. Okay. I love it. I love it. Well, Gail, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I had a, had a good time and it was definitely a good conversation. Thank you, Ryan. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be a guest on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.